people do demos in stores and they'll say, but it's so fresh tasting. And I say, it's really a fresh baked good. That's what it is. We we made it fresh on that day. We packaged it that same day. And once it's in the bag and sealed, that's what you're getting. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of That's Rad, a podcast presented by the Littleton Food Co-op. It's September. Is summer officially over? It's early in the month right now when I'm recording this, so I'm going to say no, but I know people have mixed opinions on my opinion. So let me know what you think. What are the actual boundaries of summer? I guess here in the North Country, though, you can never be too certain about anything weather-related. But in any case, all this is to say that at least in the That's Rad podcast world, we're switching over to fall topics. I'd say it's a pretty soft launch of fall, though, because we're starting off talking about granola. More specifically, we're talking with Deborah O'Kelly of Golden Girl Granola in Shirley, Massachusetts. As Deborah and I discuss, many people, myself included, peg granola as a fall food. In fact, granola gets pigeonholed and labeled a lot. A food for fall, only a breakfast food, just something to snack on. But as I found out, and as you're about to hear, there's a lot more to it. From the meager oat to the mighty podcast soundstage, here's Golden Girl Granola and your latest episode of That's Rad. All right, everyone. I am super excited today because I'm joined on the podcast by Miss Deborah O'Kelly. Deborah is the owner of Golden Girl Granola. Say that five times fast. We probably will at some point today. But anyways, Deborah, thank you so much for coming on that thread today. Thank you for having me. Okay. So let's go back to the beginning, the origin story of maybe you and of, of the Golden Girl. So on your website, you were talking about how you originally started your business as home fried donut sellers, which I could so go for a donut right now, <laughs> but you realized you needed a product with a longer shelf life, so you switched to granola. To me, that's a pretty seismic shift. So how did that happen? How did, how did that, tell us more about that choice. Actually, what you won't read on the website is that we never intended to start a business at all. We were just having fun uh, the summer of 2007. My younger daughter, Catherine, had just graduated from high school, headed to college, and Jackie had a year of college already. And we just wanted to do something fun, and we thought we would check out the farmer's market in our hometown of Carlisle. So when we realized that people were making a lot of food, they decided, the girls decided to make donuts. So that first day that we went, they didn't have any requirements back then. This was 2007. All we had to do was uh, show up, pay $5 to have a table, and we brought donuts. And then after that first day, we realized that the donuts 
were not that good after a couple of hours. You know, they dry out. And my daughter Jackie said that we needed something with a longer shelf life. So I said, well, you know, think about what you want to make, and we can go back next week. And so uh, she did, and she thought she'd make granola. And I was super surprised because we didn't used to eat granola. (laughs) And she came up with six varieties, which really surprised me again. I said, Jackie, I thought you were going to make one type. And she said, oh, no, we need a whole line, Mommy. And I thought that was really funny. But she had worked (laughs) at a gourmet natural food store nearby, so she already knew a little bit. And that's how we got to making granola. That's so funny how you can go from never eating granola to now we're making different kinds of it. And that's really, that's funny, but it's also a pretty cool origin story. Mm -hmm. So it's also to my understanding that the story of Golden Girl Granola from the donuts and from 2007 to now is filled with, you know, tons of twists, turns, pivots, moves, and even a fire or two. I don't know if you want to talk about any of those, but what I'm curious about is, like, how did you stay motivated to keep going through all of this? I honestly don't know if I could myself. You know, I think I always wanted to have a food business. I remember when I was in my 20s, and I... I really, you know, loved to make food all the time, and I did want to have a food business back then, but I didn't know how to go about it. I didn't have a lot of life experience. I took a regular job, you know, then I had children, and somehow it just didn't happen. But with the farmer's markets, there was an opportunity. And, you know, once we started going, it was the customers. It was them, you know, wanting granola. Uh, and back then, too, we used to make pies and scones, breads, things like cookies sometimes. But it was always mainly granola. And it was the customers who kept coming to the market and expecting to find us there. Uh, and I knew, you know, I knew the customers so well, you'd know when someone showed up what kind of granola they were going to want. And I think also not just the customers but the vendors. It was such a wonderful community. I, I really enjoyed you know, hearing other vendors' stories about what they were making, why they were there, and, uh, you know, we shared a passion. So it was all those things, mainly story of people. Nice. Those are those are my favorite types of stories. And I've never personally sold anything at any of our local farmer's markets before, but I am a top patron, and I, I do personally love, as a shopper even, going and seeing the vendor camaraderie together so it's nice to know from the other side of that perspective that that's real you know in most cases you're not just putting on a show or anything exactly no it's it's really it's real and people helping each other and people swapping food at the end of the farmer's market we love that we would go with our granola and swap it out for, like, sausages or cheese and then go home and, you know, that's what we'd have for dinner. So that was a lot of fun. Sounds like that story, um, I'm not even sure if it's a real story or not, but, you know, you hear the story of a man treating his way from a pencil to, like, a fancy car, you know. You start Um, with a little 
a little oat and you end up with a full dinner. <laughs> exactly. Right. Even now when we do, well, we were doing demos um, in stores a lot, and then it was those customers and talking to them and figuring out what, what they enjoyed eating and sharing recipes with them. I'm sure the customer love is such a driving force, and it, it must be nice to know that they they want your product, and it's so good that they want you to push through whatever obstacles you've had to overcome. Yes, definitely. And they've been so supportive, especially of local. Well, local is always the best to support, you know. <laughs> so we've established that your daughter's had a huge role in starting the business. So is the granola business still a family affair? No, not at all. They've gone off and they're doing their own things. Um, My daughter Catherine is a classical guitarist now, so she performs and she teaches guitar at several different schools. And so she's super busy, and that's what she's doing. And then my daughter Jackie is an actor slash writer, and she also has a regular full-time job. So they're busy doing their thing, but they always love to hear about what's going on with the granola. I wonder if Jackie wishes she had picked something else, you know, if she knew it was going to go this long. Or do you think she's – is she happy that the her, like, original idea is still running this long? Yeah, I'm sure she is. In fact, I know she wants to write about the whole story, and I think she has written some, but I haven't seen it yet. So I'm excited to have her, you know, continue that and, and write about it. Yeah, that would be super cool. Yeah, exactly. So how many employees do you have now? We have six employees now. So we have five bakers, and then we have an office manager. And we have uh, a marketing person who works off-site. So now that the girls are off doing their own thing, it sounds like there are two separate parts of life. There's the the mom part, and then there's the work mode boss part of it. Do you like having that separation, or do you wish there was more of a crossover still? Hmm. No, that's a good question. Um, I think, you know, maybe a few years ago, if you asked me, I would have said, oh, I wish they they would be helping me (laughs) because they have so many good ideas, and, you know, I trust them, and, yeah. That would have been great, but um, now I think I'm really happy that they've gone off and done their own things because I see they're really doing well, and, you know, I wouldn't want them to feel that they would have to do this business with me. So I think I'm glad that it turned out this way. Proud mom moment alert. Love to hear it. (laughs) Yes. So another thing is that you call yourselves a, quote, artisan granola company, what separates this artisan granola from standard run-of-the-mill stuff? Okay. I think two basic things. The ingredients we use, we're using the finest ingredients, no preservatives. You know, I'm examining every ingredient. I, I searched high and low to find the right blueberries, you know, the right maple syrup, just everything that was delicious, beautiful, nuts that are sliced nicely. The big thing, though, I think, is how we make it. It's 
hand-mixed. So we have bowls, pretty much the size of bowls that I used when I was making it at home. And uh, our five bakers work together. They're putting in all the dry ingredients, then they're mixing the wet ingredients and putting those in. Everything is hand-mixed. So when they're mixing, they're careful to not break the nuts, and they're careful to mix everything together so it's evenly mixed. And then um, they're putting it in the oven. Halfway through the baking process, they're taking out all the trays, and they're hand-stirring so that everything that was on the bottom and that might be a little sticky still or gooey is brought up to the top and and everything's put back in the oven and baked again. So there's a lot of care and attention that goes into baking every batch and they are small batches. And then even with the packaging, we do have a weigh fill machine so that everything is weighed properly. But that's pretty much by hand too. They can see how many blueberries or pieces of chocolate go into a bag and they're making sure that everything is done correctly. So I think it's just that attention to detail. Uh, when, you know, large uh, manufacturers are making something like granola, it's done on big, heavy equipment. People are not watching it as carefully. And, you know, I just think that there's a lot of the, the care and attention that goes in makes the product come out really good. People always ask me, you know, but this tastes, so delicious. We'll do demos in stores and they'll say, but it's so fresh tasting. And I say, it's really a fresh baked good. That's what it is. We we made it fresh on that day. We packaged it that same day. And once it's in the bag and sealed, that's what you're getting. You know, I myself would never think to say granola is a fresh baked product, but that makes total sense. And I really loved hearing about that process because now I feel so much more special buying it because it it feels like when you listen to that story, it's kind of like, oh, this is big just for me in a way. Like you're not, you're right, you're not getting some standard run-of-the-mill product. You know, there was so much care and attention. It's almost as if you were my friend or my relative or someone baking this for me. Like, that's the level. Exactly. And when, you know, we would meet people at the store, that's how I, you know, wanted them to feel. And you get to know these customers and you realize that they have taste buds. When you see all these products on the shelves that are highly processed um, and that have all these weird ingredients in them, and people are buying them because they're there. But to be able to give them an alternative has been just wonderful. And I realized, yeah, they have taste buds. They know when something tastes good. And they would taste our granola and they'd say, wow, this is really delicious. And we'd tell them about how we made it. Yeah, and I'm sure it would be a lot harder to feed someone something not as high quality once you've interacted with them. You know, your customers are no longer nameless faces somewhere in the northeast you know like they they're people you've talked to and and fed and and so on exactly so many of our friends uh, buy the granola and they tell me all the time or they'll order it online or they'll buy it in a store i had a friend just the other day who i hadn't talked to in years and she ordered granola and i was very happy to hear from her yeah we feel we 
you know, we either know them personally or there's someone we could know personally. Mm-hmm. Nice. So we mentioned earlier about how we love supporting local. What does sourcing local ingredients look like for you? Okay. Well, we do source local ingredients whenever we can. Of course, there are some things you can't get locally, like our coconut, which comes from the Philippines. But um, I was really happy very early on to get to know someone who makes maple syrup. It was a friend of a friend, and we... We, uh, yeah, we met him years ago. At first, we were buying maybe four pails of maple syrup from him. Now we purchase 30 pails at a time. And he's from Shaker Maple Farm in Starksboro, Vermont. My husband and I have been to his farm. We saw his trees and the lines. Uh, we saw how they boil the maple syrup. He took us all through that. This was a few years ago. And he puts so much attention into his business. And I think we have something about his farm and maybe a little video, too, on our website about Shaker Maple Farm. Nice. There, you really can't go wrong with local maple syrup. It's one of my favorite local products to buy. So moving beyond kind of the making of the granola um, and into the eating of the granola, <laughs> my favorite part, A lot of people, including myself, kind of think of granola as just, you know, a fun treat or on yogurt or to eat in the morning before work. But I understand that there are a lot of health benefits granola has. Can you tell us about some of those? Sure. Well, first of all, the oats, they're really good for reducing bad cholesterol, antioxidants that lower blood pressure, and improve blood flow. The almonds, of course, there's protein in the almonds, unsaturated fats, fiber, vitamin E. Then the coconut is good for healthy bones and teeth, full of electrolytes. Even the dark chocolate is rich in antioxidants, as well as the cranberries and and blueberries. Awesome. But if we were to eat it just as a snack, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but one of the reasons I wanted you to come on in the fall was because I, I disassociate granola with the fall. I don't know if that's the maple syrup or something else, but maybe if you could tell us if you feel the same and what about, like, why, do you have any insights as to why I think granola is a good fall activity snack like I think of hiking or driving around leaf peeping with some granola um and I don't know if you have any like recommendations for for which one to do to have when exactly no I think of it as a fall thing too um and we sales really do go up in the fall and I think it's because well, it's it's a little bit hearty, and I think people like a hearty snack in the fall. It's also just very portable. Take a bag of granola, and we have two sizes. We have a 10-ounce bag, and then we have a small 2-ounce uh, bag we call a snack pack. But, yeah, it's a great thing to bring um, on a hike. It doesn't matter, you know, if it's hot or cold out. It's always going to be good. Just open it, have some handfuls, and then you can reseal the bag. Uh, you can add 
milk actually to the snack pack. You just open it up and pour milk in and eat it like that with a spoon. So that's really handy too. So I think it's good because it's, you know, the granola stays fresh and crunchy. You don't have to eat it all at once, but you can just take it with you. And, you know, some great flavors for the fall, I think, the forest maple. That's our only flavor that we have always that doesn't have coconut in it. Then there's pumpkin harvest, which we just brought back last year because some people had asked for it. So that's that's good. Well, we're offering that this year through the fall, through like mid-November probably. And then our creative cranberry is really popular for the fall too because of the cranberries. And a lot of people like to put that in their stuffing for their turkey for Thanksgiving. First of all, it's so funny that you mentioned pouring the milk into the snack packs because I was about to say that another reason I think granola is great for fall and like the outdoor activities is because you don't need any silverware to eat it. You could even just like from bag to mouth directly, just skip the hands. But I never would have thought of pouring the milk directly in there. That is such a good idea. Well, I got that idea. I think I was at a, I don't know, an exercise studio or something giving out samples for granola a long time ago. And a woman came up to me and said, gee, you could pour milk right in here and eat it right out of the pouch. And I thought, wow, that's great. So now um, we have a little symbol on some of the uh, snack packs that say, you know, pour milk right in. And I think people have done it. Shout out to that anonymous woman at the exercise class for changing each and every one of our lives. Truly incredible. And the other thing is you mentioned right at the end, cranberry stuffing another thing I never would have thought of but something I was going to ask like I said I really think of granola as a snack food but your website has a list of so many creative uses for granola that I never would have thought of like I mean salad stuffing you just mentioned savory dinners which I don't usually think of granola as savory there's appetizers and so many more. Any tips for people like me trying to get out of that mindset that granola is snacking and cereal and yogurt topping only? Yeah, I guess just think of it as an ingredient. I mean, two of my favorite ways to use it, one is as a crust for an ice cream pie, and this is super simple. Just grind the granola up in a food processor, add some butter to it, then spread it in like a pie plate, bake it for say five, ten minutes, and then when it cools, just add ice cream. On the ice cream, we, you can put fruit, uh, you can put more granola, you can put a fudge sauce or something, and you have a really nice dessert, and it's so simple. Another way I, I like to use the granola is as a breading. So a few years ago, I added curry powder, cinnamon, and ginger to our original granola. And I think that the home sweet honey would work as well. And um, you can brush up the granola if you want to, but you don't have to. And add those spices and then just use it as a breading for chicken. It's just an interesting way to eat chicken. And it's really delicious. And you're getting a whole grain in the oats, which is wonderful. 
so and just serve that with rice. Those both sound like amazing options, and I love how they're both so different. But I, I think your overall message is is a really good one. Of just think of it as an ingredient. You know, I think part of my thought is that it's already. I think of granola as already a bunch of ingredients mixed together. So then, you know, it's all complete. It's done. But there's literally nothing stopping us from taking that mix of things that has become one thing and and putting it in a whole mix of a bunch of other things. Exactly. Yeah, and we've gotten so many recipes from customers, and they're on our website. They've done all kinds of things. There's some in there that are really delicious. Um, Chorizo meatballs. I couldn't believe what someone had done with chocolate granola. And we had asked to make an entree, and I thought, well, this person wants chocolate granola. They're probably going to make a dessert, but no, it was the chorizo meatballs with mole sauce, and it was just delicious. So that's one of our favorites. Oh, my goodness. So I feel like I've been keeping everyone on the line and in suspense for a little bit by saving this question for last, but I just thought it would be so good. And I've been wondering this myself the whole time, too, so we just got to Get it out there. Deborah. we have to know, who is the golden girl? Well, I guess that would have to be our daughter, Jackie. She's the one who came up with the the idea of the golden girl, and she herself is blonde. She created the golden girl actually the night before that very first farmer's market where we brought the granola. So that was the second market we had done. And she, um, I had told her, Jackie, when you, you know, for for the farmer's market, you have to list the ingredients in order of weight. And so she was doing that, I thought. And in addition to doing that, she made all these drawings, and she made six different girls. They were with the same girl with different costume on. And the girl was a combination of herself and Kippy Longstocking, who was her favorite when she was growing up. I think she liked how Pippi Longstocking was always testing the boundaries. Uh, Jackie loved that. So she made these drawings of the Golden Girl uh, the night before we brought the granola, and she uh, made labels. And that was when the Golden Girl emerged. And is this the same Golden Girl that's on the package today, or has she been updated? She was updated very, very slightly. I think Jackie just wanted to make sure that all the heads were the same size and, the, you know, the hair <laughs> looked the same. But it, it was the same the same exact girl, the eyes and nose done the same way and everything. And the costume, and the, too. And the same idea behind it, which is super awesome to hear. Deborah, this has been such a great conversation. I've really learned so much about granola, about Golden Girl Granola specifically. Thank you for not testing me on my tongue twister that I put out earlier. Um, really appreciate it. And yeah, I really appreciate you coming on today. If you want to, um, I'm sure we would love to hear how can we keep up with the Golden Girl and hear more about what's going on at Golden Girl Granola after we turn off this episode. I guess the best way is to sign up for our um, newsletter, our email newsletter, at goldengirlgranola.com. We're always advertising specials, 
So it's a good way to keep up with what's going on and what we're doing at Golden Girl. Awesome. Yep, everyone, you should definitely go check out goldengirlgranola.com. That's where you'll find so many of the creative recipes that we've been talking about, more about the original story, and that's where you can order. But you can also, obviously, come down to the Littleton Food Co-op and grab your Golden Girl granola there. But yeah, Deborah, thank you so much for this. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Okay, I'm going to need some granola ASAP. My personal favorite golden girl is honey coconut, but I'm super excited to start transitioning to a more fall-themed flavor once I finally decide to admit that summer isn't coming back until next year. Big thanks again to Deborah for coming on and sharing the Golden Girl granola story. It really makes you wonder what would have happened if they had tried to stick with the donuts. Thanks to you all too for listening. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to check out our complete episode catalog wherever you listen to podcasts. We have some more great fall-inspired episodes from last year too, if you're like me and still struggling to get into the fall mood. Plus, we started a brand new mini-sode mini-series about fun beverages a couple weeks ago that I really want you to check out. If you don't understand what that means, you're just going to need to go listen to the episode and hear for yourself. If you really like this podcast and want to support us even more, make sure when you're done with this episode that you give the show a rating and review and become a subscriber so you know right away when a new episode drops. And I think I covered everything. Oh, oh yeah. How could I forget? Until next time, remember to eat, sleep, and be rad. That's Rad is a production of the Littleton Food Co-op. Anastasia Marr directs and hosts. Jesse Smith and Annie Stewart produce. Becky Colpitz provides unrelenting positivity and moral support. The Littleton Food Co-op is Littleton, New Hampshire's community-owned grocery store. We put our money where your mouth wants to be. Local farms, of course. No membership is required to shop here. Come check us out sometime just off exit 41 at 43 Bethlehem Road in Littleton. Or if you're online, check us out at littletoncoop.com.